0: I am absolutely delighted to welcome my brother from another mother, my good friend, a guy we have, we have ridden the political train together for many, many years, probably pushing now decades. Good God, I'm old. It's my good friend Michael Steele. There was also maintained what
1: was called an enemy's list.
0: Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions.
1: On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting.
0: You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying "Um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Joining me today is my good friend Michael Steele, who will never be on the enemies list, but is a wonderful guest for the enemies list. Michael, how are you, brother?
1: (laughs) Hey, man, it's so good to be in your neighborhood, baby. I just want to live like you do, living large and beautiful.
0: Large, large, yes. That's the carbs.
1: (laughs) So, listen,
0: you and I have been through the rodeo many, many times. Yes, and the Republicans have notched enough seats to take back the House, and I was hoping you could give folks a preview of the coming chaos.
1: Well, uh, there's this thing called "shit and show," <laughs> uh, and 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 they it's it's a uh, it's going to be something that Americans will be very familiar with uh, very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I don't see how uh, Kevin McCarthy, who in the end may have uh, a Seven seat majority, mm-hmm. eight seat mm-hmm. majority in the House um, over the Democrats, which means that in uh, normal times, um, if a more moderate Republican wanted to get something done, they would walk across the aisle, cut cut a deal with the Democrats to get their votes, because you know they knew they wouldn't get it from necessarily all their votes from their right. people. Um, so you'd have this sort of it would be you know it's a workable space. It's not you know a, a narrow majority like that is not a a bad mm-hmm. thing um, in normal in normal houses, right In this house uh, it will be the absolute you know red wedding for bride Frankenstein mm-hmm. um, because it's it's one of these environments where um, you now have we know at least a 31 member, Uh, sect inside the caucus, right, who have said publicly, even though it was a a private vote, right, a a, uh, hidden vote, that they don't support Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) And (laughs) what he does with that when he's only got an 8 seat 9 seat majority um it's it's just going to be a thing of absolute ugliness to behold he's he is not competent to be speaker um the members of the house have said that twice before now right so the and people act like oh this is the first time kevin's approached this job <laughs> right. no he's been repeated two times before <laughs> So I, I don't see this going well. I think you're looking at um, uh, the tail absolutely wagging the dog here. Um, there will be hearings that should not be held. There will be investigations that should not be con- conducted. Right. There will be Marjorie Taylor Greene moments that will be more priceless than the Marjorie Taylor Greene moments we've already had. <laughs> because Kevin McCarthy will not be able to control, not three rings, he won't even be able to control what's going on in the men's room. (laughs) So the reality for him is he's going to be a feckless head of a party that is going to be controlled by uh, you know, you and I used to talk about, you know, the wing nuts in the day. Well guess (laughs) what? They run the show. (laughs) They run the show, baby.
0: (laughs) I I mean so I, I think I think that's exactly right, Michael. And I think I've been calling calling Kevin the last twenty four hours a sino, speaker in name only, because I think you know the fact that he sat in a room for an hour with Marjorie Taylor Greene accepting his terms of surrender that she dictated that that makes it inevitable we're going to get you know four thousand hours of Hunter Biden laptop hearings and they're going to have yes. Anthony Fauci up there trying to try to to break Anthony Fauci uh, you know in front of the nation and I I, I, you're, I think you're exactly right it's going to just be It's gonna be chaos and conspiracy. And and
1: on that point, Rick, if I am someone who either served in the January 6th committee, named Dr. Mm -hmm. Fauci, was uh, in the FBI during the Trump administration um, who actually tried to do the right thing, or any other agency, and I get a subpoena from any of these fools. Guess who ain't right. showing up? Yeah,
0: I, I've been. I was told because that those subpoenas people are totally people invalid.
1: Issuing the subpoenas, <laughs> right? They're totally invalid. <laughs> the people issuing subpoenas didn't honor the subpoenas that they Correct. received. I mean, I, I, and they're gonna get all high, mighty, and sanctimonious about subpoenas. Well, watch. And, and watch, and watch, mean, this watch this what, what, what
0: Kevin it'd... does. He'll or or at least like Gates and and Jordan will have. They'll, they'll be like, ah, we're gonna send the Capitol Police to arrest them. If that had happened on on the January sixth committee. These people would have lost their damn minds. It would have been twenty four hours a day on five. absolutely oh, January sixth committee. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the house is looking like the house is going to look. It's going to be crazy town. It's going to be yeah um, a complete a complete train wreck. We're going to have a lot of performative bills. So this year, Kevin tried to sort of push out this idea that he was going to do the commitment to America, which was like leftover Frank once found in the refrigerator in the back of the fridge under those old steaks.
1: Right, uh, and right. And it going to warm <laughs> it up
0: and it was going to be this, fight inflation and crime and everything else. What do you think the chances of that actually seeing the light of day is now? I'm, I'm putting it somewhere near zero.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you if you own a sub-zero uh, freezer, then you know what I minus numbers gene. look like, <laughs> right? When you're talking about stuff that's in the back of the freezer. Yeah, well, yeah, this is like a minus yeah. 10. <laughs> in your freezer of things that you want to, you know, see thought out, right? It, it's not happening. Look, there, there is no agenda right. here. We're talking about a party that could not get itself together from the weight of Donald Trump to put together a platform to even tell us what it wanted to stand for over the right. next four years right. or whatever. So here we are, looking at Kevin McCarthy to put together a leadership agenda. <laughs> For for the for the national party, in in the midst of Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and and all the loony bends that exist around him, running things that he keeps that he keeps fueling their fire with. Oh yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to have a role in my you know if I'm speaker. In fact, she you know not only will she have a committee, I'm going to give her a really really important committee. I mean, and then people look at that and go, well, then you're not serious. Yeah, I- you're not. I'm just Marjorie Taylor Greene is not serious. I mean, in any other universe that exists, there is no Marjorie Taylor Greene serving in the United States no, Congress. You know, there,
0: there's, there's no happen. world in which Marjorie Taylor Greene, which responsible people wake up in the morning and go, "Hey, you know who'd be great in this job? Marjorie Taylor Greene." I mean, so, so, it it it's just, it's, it boggles the damn mind. So, moving on to another topic of which you are very knowledgeable as a former chairman of the Republican National Committee. Uh, Ronna McDaniel seems to have bought, bought her way into a, into a fourth term after four consecutive cycle losses. And it looks like, I, I, I'm, I'm curious if you think that this is a good sign for Trump because she is so loyal to him or where you think that's headed because-
1: It's the only reason she's in the job. Oh, I, I agree, but I, I think- it- It's the only reason she's in the job. Look, everything you want to know about the chairwoman- <laughs> goes back to one moment in time. It doesn't matter whatever else she said or did. The one thing that told me everything I needed to know about Ronna McDaniels when she refused to use the name, when she stopped using the name, Ronna. Uh, Because Donald Trump told her to.
0: Talk about, talk about. No, folks,
1: this is no mystery here. (laughs) This is no mystery here. Where just like Ted, Ted Cruz got punked on his wife and took it like a bitch and just said, "Okay, my wife's ugly." Right, right. Ronna McDaniel's threw her family, took her family name, and stepped on it, threw it in the ash bin of history because she didn't want to offend Donald Trump. So right. the fact that she, after losing in not one, not two, but three cycles, Is now going to presumably be reinstituted as chairwoman. Right. Is there, it happens because Donald Trump says that's okay. And, And he knows that at the end of the day, what he wants, she will force through the leadership. 100%. Because otherwise, hell, I don't know, if you win 63 House seats, 280 state legislative races, flip 11 state legislatures, and win eight governorships. You think you get to keep your job, but that didn't happen to this, brother. No, it did not. And right? All that winning, all that winning that I did, they fired my ass three months later. Folks, look, all the losing that she's done. She, ah. and, and folks, this is a little bit of history. Michael is one of the
0: most successful Republican Party chairmen, I think the most in terms of net number yeah. of seats,
1: that were picked up modern, since, across the board. Yeah, modern history. It's it,
0: the, that institution is broken down now. It's like a it's like a bank for Donald Trump now more than anything else.
1: Yeah, you know it does And so so all this, Rick. All yeah. And I can't wait till you guys have a field day with this over at Lincoln Project because it writes its own scripts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All this converse all this conversation about oh you know yeah we're not going to pay Trump's bills now you know the, when he announces we're not. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Yes, minute, you are. You Trump just says, recategorize it in the FEC report. Right. That's all you're going to do. The minute
0: Donald Trump says, then you can't use my name in email fundraising appeals,
1: they're
0: going <laughs> to break in a hot second. <laughs> that, shit, that shit will be over faster than the email is opened on somebody's desk.
1: I mean, it's. Oh, my God, I mean, yes. You know, so they act like there's some grand mystery here. That ooh, no. Nah, it's like, no, baby, it's that simple. No, I read that. she stopped using her name, yep. and she'll give him whatever he yeah. wants. Best, that's, that's the mystery and I, here. I got to
0: tell you, I think I think a lot of these are the people that want to primary Donald Trump, from Ron DeSantis on down. They're also going to run into the buzzsaw of an RNC that treats Trump like an incumbent.
1: There you go. I mean, and you know, you there know you how
0: well how much power that that can impose in a, in a, in a, in a presidential race.
1: I mean, it's, it's huge. It's huge. And, you know, you know, I get it. Ron Sanders is, is really feeling himself right now. Um, and an and, and there are a lot of, again.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, now, now that I think about that, I yeah, should have rephrased that. <laughs> Rick. Damn. I mean, okay. okay, so Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is probably very happy yes. <laughs> with the way things have turned out from election night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of donors who are like ooing and eyeing because, ooh, look, there's a new kid on the playground. He's cute, right? And the bully standing over there in the corner looking at all of this play out and go, yeah, these bitches still mine. Yeah, because where are they gonna go? Where are they going? I mean, Ron DeSantis has done nothing but won the governorship of Florida. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's not taking on Trump. Right. Trump wasn't on the ballot in Florida. I, I keep
0: I keep saying and, this. Know, it's like it's like, and if you can't if Ron DeSantis winning by twenty points in Florida, my question is not how did he do so well. It's why didn't he do better? Because there's no Democratic party bingo. in the state at all. It's dead. It's laying on the carpet, rotting, it's, and waiting for the buzzards to to arrive. It's just there's no Democratic Party, and you know, it's it, it, yeah. I think I think you're right. I mean the the idea that 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 anybody is going to overcome both Trump's blackmail of the party and 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 his fundraising power over the party, uh, I think is is ludicrous. So speaking of that, yeah,
1: no, it's not. Happening. You know, I think
0: you and I have talked about this before. But one of the worst moments for the RNC, in my my opinion, in modern history, was when Reince Priebus went to Trump Tower and had Trump sign a bullshit pledge to stay in the party. Mm. And and that was Trump threatening, I'll leave and run as an independent, and I'll screw the Republican Party forever. I mean, this guy's a suicide bomber. I mean, he's got got a bomb vest on. What do you think the scenario is? I mean, because Trump could go out there and get either himself on the ballot in enough states without a sore loser law or— get other people to run on like a maga ticket and and he could he could brutalize the gop.
1: What do you think the scenario is? I he think loses the primary. I, mean, I don't think he does any of that. Okay. I I don't think he do, I don't think I, I'm going to tell you what I think a um a 45-year-old Trump does that. Right. Uh this Trump doesn't because he don't want to work. So it, that that's way too much work. But what his strength is, his strength isn't going to be out there organizing. If he gets if he gets challenged successfully right. in this primary, he just doesn't play. It, Remember, Donald Trump has no problem supporting Democrats. He's done it in the he, past. He,
0: major, major donor to Hillary Clinton, folks. That's...
1: He's a major donor to Hillary Clinton. He, he, you know, He's done it, and it's not a big... I mean, the, all of this fake, oh, Democrats are bad, and they're ugly, Obvious. and they have horns growing out of their toes. <laughs> he's the one with the toe clipper, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's the one there clipping the nails. So I don't... You know, people... Be real about what's in front of you. Yeah. Be real about and honest about what's in front of you. So what if he gets if he gets taken down, Donald Trump will spend the rest of the campaign trash mouthing the party, yep. the, trash-mouthing the candidate, yep. talking about the virtues of Joe Biden. <laughs> hey. If Joe Biden's a Democratic nominee. Yeah. I mean, he does, it's not, he still will make it about him.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and he
1: will still be the for victim. Sure. And,
0: and think about this. I mean, what's the what's the worst case scenario for Trump? Is he convinces five percent of Republicans to stay home? There's no winning a national election if that happens for DeSantis or right. anybody else. There's no winning a national right. election. So, I mean, like I said, no matter it's a no matter
1: monitor. how much rah rah, yeah, no much. No matter how much the party rah rahs and 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 tries to rally around, you know, if it's DeSantis or anyone else. Um, It's for what? 30, 40% of the base is Donald Trump.
0: Everybody's got a morning ritual. Uh, I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back. Do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for $10. It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. And I keep telling people, like, how do you think it's going to go when Trump, if he, in the, in, let's say he's got 30%, let's say he's got 15%, let's say half of that, he goes into the primaries in Iowa, South Carolina, and New Hampshire. That having 15% in a field with like probably six or seven other people, the guy's going to win every one of them. Yeah. He's going to walk away right. with every one of them.
1: So now the question becomes, Rick, do do all those donors that everyone seems to care about what they think as opposed to the actual pl- political pros right. in the party who know how to run freaking campaigns? That, you know, these donors decide, oh, well, we want to get behind one person. We don't want anybody else in the primary. How's that going? On? So does, does Chris Christie listen to that? Who's going to tell Chris Christie, you know, we've all decided we're getting behind Ron DeSantis. Right. So you need to stand. Well, down. Look, yeah, Who's okay. going to tell Josh Holly? Who's going to tell Larry mm-hmm. Hogan? Who's going to tell uh, Ted Cruz? Mike Pompeo, Who's going to tell Nikki Marco Haley. Rubio? Yeah. Right. Nikki Haley, Ted, Tim Scott, mm-hmm. wait your turn because we we're all going to rally behind DeSantis. One of you can be his vice president. We'll talk about that. Right. Who's going to have that conversation? Yeah. And when they have it, Don't you think that's going to get laughed out of the room?
0: I I think 100% because I think all of them look back at 2015 and 16. And there was a a model in the heads of Republicans then. And I I talked to people. I talked to, you know, the theory of the case from Ted Cruz was, well, I'm going to wait for Jeb to take him out. And then Jeb was like, well, I'm going to wait for Marco to take him out. And they played this game in their heads. Like somebody will get rid of Trump for me and then I'll be the one who scoots in at the end. How'd that work out for him? Not very well. It ended up with Ted Cruz fucking crying, you know, on the campaign trail in Michigan at the end of the campaign. It, it just, it, it that idea that, that the party's going to clear the field for the major donor class, I think is fucked up in two ways. First, it's like, like as you pointed out, these guys are going to go, yeah, go fuck yourself. The second reason I think it's going to completely fail is that just like in 2015, all the major money... In 2016 and 15, the major money was with Jeb and Marco and Chris and and everybody else. They spread around these major donors. And the minute Trump started getting momentum, those guys started getting real cool. Like all of a sudden, Marco couldn't get a phone call back um, from Paul Singer. And all of a sudden, Jeb couldn't get a a phone call back from BlackRock. And all these people that were supporting them just went into the wind because they were afraid of Trump. And I think fear and do- major donors are like herd animals, man. They're going, they're going, they're like gazelles, and if Trump pops out of the water like a crocodile at the watering hole, they're going to run.
1: They're, the the reality, the reality, I think, is 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 as you describe it. I think the bottom line for a lot of a lot of the party folks, and I'd be curious your thoughts here because my view of it is there's a whole lot of whistling past the graveyard right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's sitting there thinking, oh, my God, we've learned so much from this election loss. Oh, we've got we've got to do better. You know, you know, we we just every Trump, we we just can't do Trump anymore. We just have to stand down. This is just too much. And I just laugh at that because I know it's not sincere. I know I know it at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have a Republican primary. You're going to have six, seven people, maybe more running against Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to win those primaries. He's going to be the nominee, and everybody is going to fall in line because that's what they're do. What they do. Yeah. I I don't. Only thing I have to look is their behavior. I don't. I don't trust their words anymore. I just look at what they right. do, and their and their behavior is very clear. I mean, look at it this way: if you couldn't stand up to Donald Trump after January sixth, when it matters,
0: right. right. <laughs> and I got I got a list of these guys who came out on Publicate primary right, on January sixth and said, "How dare he?" And then on January eighth, they were like, "He's the greatest president of all time, and I love him." So right, much. right, um, yeah, I mean, right.
1: I'm sitting there going, "You know, Ron DeSantis." Yeah. I'm sorry, and I got to tell you, I don't, I, I don't, see, I don't see Ron DeSantis as Cleopatra. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is
0: I've, so I've, right. uh, I, I've been saying this a lot. I think DeSantis has a glass jaw. I don't think that guy's been really, truly tested. I could not agree with you more. I mean, doesn't he, doesn't he seem like one of those guys who looks great on paper? He's Tim Pawlenty, Scott Walker, Jeb Bush. And all of a sudden, when, when the rubber hits the road.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't, I you know, I think, and he's going to sound, and, and what the way he comes off to me is that when he gets punched, he's going to be whiny. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be that whiny guy, you know, Uh, well, you know, we'll just take just wait and see what I do. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I believe you. Take a punch. You're oozing masculinity (laughs) now. Yeah. (laughs) Josh, Josh Hawley is looking at you going, oh, you're not male enough. (laughs) Right. Josh
0: Josh Hawley, the paragon of masculinity in America. You're not white male (laughs)
1: enough for me. Oh my god! Oh my god! No, it's going to get very it's loud. crazy, dude. It's gonna... These people are these people are nuts. And you know, a friend of mine asked me after. said, like, "So, so you still on that on that on that porch with the with keep trying to keep the light on?" I was like, "Nah, these bitches still shooting it out." Yeah, I, no. I think yeah. there, there is no, yeah, the, you know, trying to be a Motel Six Republican is hard work. Yeah, no, I think I think you can't keep the lights on, baby. You can't keep the lights on.
0: Well, I, look, I, I and I think the party is is we we've seen it. You and I have talked about this a dozen times. It's it like the slow disappearance of everything that's about you know personal responsibility, constitutional integrity, rule of law, vote you know the free markets. All of that shit's out the window, man. It's all gone. Yeah, it's like we're. It's yeah. like I, I said one time. We're like the the last priests of a dead religion. <laughs>
1: So, you know, so, you know, how does, where, so what What do you think happens with um, a Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, mm-hmm. you know, a Peter Major, where do these guys, and in, in, in the host of, of Republicans who were, you know, brave on January 6th, um, voted for impeachment, yeah. Et cetera, who are, who are now gone, dispensed with? What happens to them? How? How do? Where do they go? I mean, I'm sure some will try to stay involved in in the political process, but where where do they go? What do they do? Becomes a very important question. You know, I I was talking with someone um, uh, the other day. They were talking about you know how Republicans were so uh, Annoyed with Liz Cheney, and I'm annoyed about what, and and so that that to me is where where do these people go? You know, Michael, that's
0: the real problem. There is no safe place to go. There is no center right party. There is no there is no logical home for center right conservatives. There is no place for Republicans who have violated any of the big Trump rules to flee to. There's no way once you say that Joe Biden is the legitimate president, that you ever get to go back to the Republican Party. There's no way that once you say Donald Trump inspired 1-6 or, or ordered 1-6, that you get to go back to the Republican Party. So folks like Adam and folks like Liz and folks like us, you know, we're going to be politically homeless for the foreseeable future. I don't understand, I don't see a world right now where, where, the the fantasies of a lot of people in that sort of anti, anti-Trump anti space, those people that, that really dislike us because we stuck to our guns, um, I don't see where those people have have any understanding that the crazy MAGA's are never going to want them back in the room. They're never putting them back in charge. We're never going to go back to a day where, where smart people sat around in Washington or elsewhere and said, let's figure out how to expand the party because the incentive structure now is to contract the party, to limit the party, and make the party smaller and hotter and crazier all the time.
1: Well, no, I agree with you. And, and I think the challenge is, is really at the heart of pulling that together and growing that out. It takes time. It takes an enormous amount of work. Our system is not designed to allow it to happen organically. Um, anyway. Uh, so it makes it hard. I mean, you've got the forward party doing their thing, and 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 I keep telling them that there's a whole lot of branding issues you guys are gonna have with, with that one. Um, and and yeah, okay, so you've got your effort going. But again, are you pulling center right America with you? Are you because I think a bit the country is by its core nature center right. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know we're we're very libertarian libertarian in our social attitudes. You know it's like, as long as the government isn't in your bedroom and in your in your uh, bathroom and in your you know emergency room with your doctor, um, you're fine. Would we'll work it out. Um, but we recognize that government is a limited purpose entity and it has a limited role: provide that safety net, but for the most part, let the free market take care of business. Um, as the free market often does, all these things I think resonate with with a lot of people out there. The question is, how do you galvanize it, Rick, and make it um, realizable for people in their everyday lives as they deal with oh, gas prices, inflation, and you know, a, a daughter who is you know going through daughter stuff, or a son who's going through son stuff, or a husband who's going through daughter and son stuff, you know, and and it's just. How do you how do you manage that? And I think to your point, um we've always contextualized it around this idea of opportunity and optimism. Um you know, Reagan talked about this country as a shining city on a hill for a reason because he knew the light in the city were its people, right? That's where the strength of our government comes from. Our founders understood that. And so who who are the men and women who are able to articulate that um and who are to ha- have a clarifying moment for the country relative to the current gop and donald trump to say let's go forward in this direction they I, they just haven't emerged yet uh, to your point and i think when they do the the hard work of knitting together, you know, fifty state parties and organization and infrastructure and all of that stuff is daunting, um, for sure. And and so I think I think at the end, people just kind of float in this nebulous space. Uh, and I think you know, guys like yourself and others who've been saying, "Look, we're going to have to look at Democrats um, and Independents out there who are, who are running." Uh, as as the as the bulwark against further encroachment by anti-democratic illiberal Republicans um, until something b- stronger, a relief, right the Calvary somehow whatever you want to call it, it comes through.
0: You know Michael, that is the, that is the, the sort of billion dollar question here. There's a desire and yeah. a need and an affinity in this country for a center right party. We're not a far left progressive country. We're not an insane fascist country, although there are people trying to make us that. And and so, you know, the the hardest thing to do in politics is to start a new political party. The second hardest thing to do in politics is to start a new political movement. Yeah. But you gotta do a movement before you do a party. And I think there is a movement emerging, the sort of stuff That's you true. just described, where there's a sort of broadly you know, government should stay out of our bedrooms, our bank accounts, and our browser histories. Um, idea that that the country can and should be, um, you know, governed lightly. That the hand of government should be should be one that isn't, you know, intervening in every single decision you ever make in your life. And all those things make a lot of sense to Americans, and they make a lot of sense to to people who believe in individual liberty, who believe in, in the Constitution, who believe in personal responsibility. That's not today's Republican Party. Should we have a center-right party in this country that believes those things? I sure as hell think so. And, you know, I, it's conversations like this, Michael, that that give me optimism that we can get there and that we can accomplish something that's bigger and better than the, than the sort of grinding shit show we've been enduring uh, for the last seven years. Michael... My brother, I love you. You too. You too, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show, as always. And I will talk to you again next time.
1: You got it, my friend. Thanks for having me in your neighborhood, baby. Looking forward to it.
0: So, if you didn't think the House Judiciary GOP was going to be on the goddamn enemies list at some point, you would be sadly, deeply, profoundly mistaken. It's still a couple of months before the GOP takes power. But what have they been tweeting about from the House Judiciary GOP? Hunter Biden's laptop. These people are going to perform the greatest shit show in the history of shit shows. People will look back and say, what is the apotheosis of the word shit show? What is the shit show by which all other shit shows are to be judged in the future? It will be the House Judiciary show trials on Hunter Biden's laptop. That is going to be something you should prepare yourselves for—the most grotesque and ridiculous exaggerations of a laptop where we don't know the real chain of custody. We don't know how much of it's bullshit, how much of it's true, where it came from, the provenance. This fucking thing was in Steve Bannon's possession at one point, apparently, which which means first off, soak it in bleach. Second off, who the fuck knows? So this item that sprang up where they were tweeting, Joe Biden is the big guy. The laptop is real. This is the same account that a few weeks ago tweeted, Kanye, Elon, Trump. How's that fucking holding up for you? But it really does say to you uh, something very important about them. This is the House Judiciary Committee. It is a consequential and meaningful and important committee. It is a committee that might, I don't know, if your big issue in the campaign was crime, maybe an imaginary set of accusations about Hunter Biden's laptop I mean, I can't even say it without mocking it. Are going to be the kind of absurdities that take the place of actual hearings on actual corruption, criminality, and threats to America. It is a remarkable and scuzzy exercise. And I would tell the House Judiciary Committee to get your shit together because you're on the enemies list, but you won't. So I'll just say, you're on the fucking enemies list. This has been the enemies list. And if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the MAGA media, and this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting of the minds, talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad, along with exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious and more. Become a partner in this fight at resolutesquare.com/enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. We reached number two in the political podcast listings, and I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations. And we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again.